Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rankable Podcast. Gosh, I am I'm so excited for this. My name is Garrett Sussman of the iPull Rank Agency. Uh, I'm joined today by so we're we're in dangerous territory because this gentleman here and I are going to rant. We're going to go tangents. We're going to go all over the place. But one thing that we have in common is we're both passionate about SEO and data and SERPs. I'm joined by Morty Oberstein. Thank you so much for joining me, Morty. Dude, I'm so happy to be here. I I literally, you're my favorite person to chat to on podcasts. I mean, off podcast too. Don't get me wrong. I love chatting to you off a of podcast and off these webinar kind of stuff. But I love just chatting with you these kind of things. Dude, see, we could actually, I don't know if we could actually work together because we would have so much fun just talking about <laughs> other things that we, we'd we never get anything done. Um, Unless our job was never to get anything done, in which case it'd be great. I mean, we really should go into a radio show, but you already have Aaron Sparks. Speaking of which, uh, so Morty here is the head of communications at SEMrush, which is just the, the, the most massive, really cool, comprehensive SEO feature tool that kind of covers everything. I mean, whether you're like yeah. looking to do competitive research, you're looking at your SEO rankings, you're looking at search intent, SEMrush, SEMrush is, is the long and the short of it in essence. And then um, in addition to that, uh, Morty does a couple of podcasts, whether that's, you know, like uh, Edge of the Web with Aaron Sparks, who I mentioned, and Jacob uh, Mann. He has his own, the SEO RAM, which goes away and then comes back. But every single episode is just fun. He just... He just talks real, gets real, gets real with the with the SEOs in our in our world, and and you and you interview really great people. It's not always the people with like the million followers. It's like yeah, people who are just not actually. I try no. not to. Yeah, because they have plenty of places to speak. So yeah. every once in a while, one pops up. You can't you can't prevent all of them, but you take out the broom and like get out of here, get popular out of here, SEO you with your hundred thousand followers. And 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 he writes all over the place, and he talks SEO, and he's also, I mean, on Twitter, it's like you follow Morty, and you're going to see like screenshot after screenshot of serves being like, "What's happening here?" Him and Barry Schwartz are just like backdoor. Anyway, Morty, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. That was a wonderful intro. Dude, well, it's 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 easy it's easy and hard to intro someone when you know them so well because it's like, oh, I want to mention that, and oh, he does that, and oh, I love this about the guy, but but. I want to just dive right into it. So like the topic of this episode is all about using SEO data the right way, which sounds pretentious as hell, but <laughs> I'm going to give you an opportunity to I explain. Not pretentious at all. You're the least pretentious person. No, but, but I think that there's so much SEO data out there. Um, there's so much SEO data and there's so many different, you know, new ways that people are using it. And, you can you can take a lot of data out of context and it can be problematic. Tell tell me, tell me what what you're thinking here. So, okay, so data is really easy, and that's the problem with data. Well, data is really hard. Also, we'll we'll get to all of that. But there's sort of this I don't know psychological trap where you look at data and like, oh, there's a solution. We have problem. We have solution. This is great. I have it all figured out. But data is way more complicated because, well, data, for a few reasons. One is data never really tells you the full picture. Right. And it all depends on what you do with the data. And and fundamentally speaking, a lot of the time, what you're trying to do with data is measure something quali um, quali um, qualitative. I got the word out. So user behavior, for example, is a great example of this. You're trying to explain why somebody is doing what they're doing. Or do they like this? Or do they not like this? And you're trying to look at numbers in order to, to, to facilitate that understanding. But the problem is that you're trying to solve, you're trying to put, you know, put a square peg in a round hole. 
Sure. Numbers are quantifiable. The behavior is qualitative. And you're trying to use something quantitative for something qualitative. And what you're really hoping for with data is there's enough numbers to explain the behavior, which is why you have to have a massive data set. You know, if you looked at, you know, 5,000 keywords versus 5 million keywords, okay, like that's a very, because now we have enough numbers to feel confident. But there's always going to be a schism because inherently speaking, you're trying to explain something qualitative with something that's quantitative. So you have to look at it as, okay, it's a signal. Right. It, this tells me maybe I should be asking this question or maybe I should explore this pathway or maybe I should now ask the next question or research more and try to build an understanding. Okay. And you might get to a point where you say, I understand as much as I possibly can. Let's try this. And if you're thinking that this is definitely going to work, the data says it's going to work, you might be in for a rude awakening. Yeah, it, it, it's, such a, it's such a good point because like we know the SEO goals are around ultimately business goals, right? Like generating revenue or subscriptions or eyeballs. Then it, it's tied to like traffic and rankings, right? Like who's going to actually get to your website and are you going to get be as visible as possible for what, what you're trying to be visible for? And the data is, is what's trying to help you get there and inform maybe like your content strategy, right? Yep. So, what's, so you know, I, no, 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 your show, you go, man. No, I want to hear you. You're my guest. No. <laughs> so well, as you're talking, something just popped into my head and it's almost like, I think the problem with data can be that it takes away from your own, you have that gut feeling about what you think is happening. Yeah. Because you built an intuition. Okay. So I, the way I describe this is, your brain is AI on steroids. Your brain is taking millions and millions of signals. Maybe I'm being hyperbolic. Maybe it's just thousands of signals. I'm not a neurologist. I don't know. Could be bigger. But could I'll, be billions. You could be, could be, be underestimated. Let's just go with trillions at this point. Sure. Trillions upon trillions of tiny pieces of nuanced information, assimilating it, making a decision in like real time, basically. Like most of the... the most of the decisions we as people make are not, yeah, I thought about it, I weighed the pros and cons. It's an intuitive way. I get it. I'm making a decision, a snap decision. You have an intuition. And if you're in an area, if you say you're an SEO and you have an intuition, okay, what's happening with this website? But then you look at the data and the data might not tell that same story. But oh, well, my gut says this and the data says that. Well, the data is the data. The data is truth. The second you go data is truth, you're really missing out on, a, not saying don't explore that or try to explain that but you're missing out on so many possible opportunities that you're otherwise ignoring because you're saying, well, it's my gut and that's just my gut. Yeah. But your gut's built on data points. If you really right. think about it. So don't and, ignore and to it. that point, to that point. I mean, so like you and I were going back and forth on Twitter the other day, like taking for an example, search volume. When people are searching, you know, there are tools out there, whether it's Google itself or SEMrush or any of these tools that are trying to put a number on how many people are searching for a specific query per month. And we, like, I think a lot of SEOs want, look at those numbers and say like, well, that's definitively how many people are looking at it. <laughs> and we're, and we're finding like that, that is not the case. No, and that's not what it's really for. And that speaks to another thing about data and, and numbers and metrics. Like, look, Google Analytics. So when I used to work at, at Wix, so Wix Analytics and Google Analytics, the numbers never matched. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, Google Analytics is wrong or Wix Analytics is wrong. No, none of them are wrong because each one has a different algorithm to pull out bot traffic. Right. So the important thing is 
it's not the number it's it's the trend exactly exactly so so how do you how do you approach that to to feel confident that you're you're pu- pushing your strategy in the right direction based on trends is it a little risky I mean, it, it, it depends on the, yeah, everything's, first of all, everything's <laughs> always a risk. Come on, walking down the street, you can walk in the street, a piano falls on your head. Um, sure. I, you know, let's go back to the search volume case. Cause when I was originally thinking about this, right, where you, you have the idea, well, it's, there's no search volume. Why should I even bother with this? Stop for a second. And, and just to me, at least when you ask yourself, should I not write about this because there's no search volume? Does that sit well with you? Like you're going to make a decision about what goes on your website what you show your current users or potential users or users who came through another keyword or another pathway through social media, whatever it is, because of a, because of search volume, right. does that sit well with you? No, so, I mean, that, that's hard, right? Because it's like, we, like there are so many people who build content purely on SEO in the first place. And, and it's always important to look at things holistically, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and even from an SEO perspective, does that sit well with you? Like, does that make sense? And you might not like so that to me, look what I did or what I do when I am faced with those kind of questions. Okay, what's bothering me? What doesn't make sense about it? And how can I show like why it doesn't make sense? And then you start thinking, okay, yeah, it doesn't make any sense because let's say the user gets to the page and they it's not and they need more information. Now it doesn't exist. So yeah, you brought them in, but you can't complete the funnel because all you were thinking about was search volumes, right? Or right. I'm trying to rank in a really competitive space. This is my point on Twitter. You're trying to rank in a really competitive space. You're like, wow, there's, you know, uh, the keyword is, you know, heart attack prevention. Everybody ranking there is either the Mayo Clinic or like the government mm-hmm. or like Hopkins or you know, Harvard. Hopkins is better than Harvard. I went to Hopkins. So screw Harvard. <laughs> um, Get to the important so, point. So yeah. Like, let's just be honest about it. They're pretentious. Pack my cab, whatever. Um, and and now I lost my train of thought. You want to you want to rank on that on that specific yeah, keyword, yeah. but they're all these. Yeah, but they're all like so. Keywords. I can't I can't get there. But you want to get there, and we think like I can get there for every keyword, right? Which is another problem. You can't always get there for every keyword, but that's a totally different conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to think like, well, how do I get there? I need to get. It's like Google's like a marriage, or a courtship, or whatever it is. Um, Proceed. Yes. Very, it sounds scandalous. <laughs> no, but look, it has to trust you before it, before it marries you and ranks you number one for these like awesome keywords. The only way to get it, trust is built very slowly. Like I need to understand who you are. What are you doing? Is what you're doing good? So start off with long tail keywords. They might be zero. By the way, I mentioned this also in the tweet. Zero doesn't literally mean zero. Yeah. No one from SEMrush to Google can know if every single person on the web is searching for this zero times or never searching for this because searching zero times makes no sense. And by the way, if you're talking about a business where it's like a real enterprise business where you're not working on volume, so your two sales a year are what make the, or you know, bring home the bread. So why are you worrying about like, you? yeah, fine. Only two people search for it. Great. I just need those two people. That's exactly but it's, it's tricky, right? Because you only have a certain amount of resources to create content. And there's, as a marketer or an SEO, there's nothing worse feeling than creating a piece of content that like doesn't bring in any sort anything. of organic traffic, whether it's eat search traffic, social traffic, like anything. If it's just, you know, if con- there's a piece of content in the forest and nobody reads it, it doesn't even exist. <laughs> and 
So, but so like there, there has to be that decision tree of how important is that zero yes. search volume keyword? Yes, a hundred percent, right? It's all a hierarchy, but okay. So with content, I think like approaching content like that to begin with, and this like falls into like my data trap that I'm talking about, where you're so rely on data and you're so focused on data and you're so focused on numbers that you're, everything has to be immediate. And you mm. see this all the time. I was talking to somebody earlier today about this. They wanted to try something new and a new webinar program and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, okay, you're not gonna get numbers. Like if you're looking for numbers right away, you're just not going to get them. That's not that's not how it works. You don't like put yourself out there and right. oh, everyone, all of a sudden I have a million followers. I just showed up one day. Here we are. Hello. You don't? <laughs> no, no. I wish. That would sound great. But the problem is that you have to slowly build these things up. And content is one of those things where it's multifaceted and multipurpose. One of the things, you know, Rand Fishkin talks about this. And I love when he talks about this. He's talking about it more. Maybe he does and I just don't see it. I don't know. Um, I don't see everything. Like Google, I don't see everything out there. So the problem is like content's a long-term game and content does a lot of things for you. Kind of builds up your brand perception. So you might not get any conversions out of it, but people really, I really like this. And then you know, three months later when they're thinking about buying, they come back again. So there's a lot that goes into to, to content and content's very much a long-term game. And if you're going to build up traffic and a blog, forget Google for a second. You're, just, you're out there on social media trying to get people to come to your website and read your blog. You have to keep writing and keep reading. Think about if you're on Twitter, you're trying to get followers or you're, 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 you're whatever it is, you're trying to get a raise at your job. It's a slow, steady progression of, oh, I see what you're doing. Oh, I see what you're doing. Oh, I see what you're doing until you finally get there. So content itself is a long-term kind of game. So if you're just thinking about the numbers, like, wow, I need, a, I need to get numbers, like that's not going to work. Obviously, if you're faced with two equal pieces of content, and they both are necessary parts of the game, equally necessary parts of the game. If one has a higher search volume and one has a much lower search volume, so of course, go with the higher search volume. One, forget the numbers per se, it tells you that this is a more popular topic. Perhaps people are more in need of this content than the other piece of content. Of course, you need to qualify and understand who you are, who your users are. And if that actually makes any sense, which again, goes back to the numbers. If you're just looking at numbers, you're going to make stupid decisions. Right, right. And, and I feel like that's why we, you see like part of the reason to your point is why you're seeing so much more um, like a movement into SEO and content towards like wanting to get topical authority. And as we bring in EAT, the idea of being able to create exhaustive content in your topic to establish that expertise and, and trustworthiness and authoritativeness. Yeah, I mean, look, Google, Google, let's say Google understands a topic a certain way. It understands that this is a topic, this is a subtopic, this is a subtopic. This is, I'm sorry, I have a horrible call. My voice is cracked like I'm in third grade. <laughs> oh my God. I apologize to all you out there. Or I don't, I don't care. Um, I'm, I'm fine with my voice cracking at age 37, almost 38. The problem is that Google looks at a corpus of, at a topic a certain way. And it, it pro, it's profiling. Google is profiling. And if it goes to your site and says, well, we understand the topic should cover X, Y, and Z, and you're not at all because you've targeted all the high search volume queries that are not really part of this topic, then why should we rank you? Because we don't trust your content. It doesn't fit the profile. And, and, and that's, and by the way, Google's profiling, I think, in a lot of ways, right? They're looking at the tone of the content. For example, if you're overly marketing or overly marketing language on a, on a YMYL page that's meant to inform. And convert, sure, it might be a landing page, but it's like about a business loan. 
and you need information to make the loan. If you're like, and I've seen a page that literally did this. It says a business term loan never goes out of style. We all love a classic. Is if it's selling me a 75 Chevy without an engine in it. Like, but it's, for, for people who see that sometimes, like my only pushback is there's so many times when you'll look up a query and the results are still crap. Totally. A million percent. And that I, I, on my podcast site, I literally have a thing, a section on there that says, this is the best SEO podcast. Did I just write that to see if Google will rank me higher? Yes, I did. Because I saw there was a gap there, right? Yeah. When you search for best SEO podcast in a little you know, podcast carousel they have there, they're all say like best SEO podcast. But I'm like, all right, this is what I got to do. I guess I got to do this. So yeah, there are gaps. And I'm not saying like go all in and don't worry about the numbers. But to quote Wayne Gretzky, like skate towards the puck. I think John Mueller recently said that. I hope he quoted Wayne Gretzky when he said that. <laughs> or he Michael Scott, you know, quoted uh, right. Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> Michael quoted. Scott. That's a great episode, by the way. <laughs> a little office reference here. But but yeah, I mean, so, you know, it's like you're creating that that content towards, like, the topical authority as, as much as you can. But, yeah. I mean, Google doesn't have it right yet. Not all. Sometimes it's trying to get there. My, Sometimes it really gets it right. Like, like okay, you, product review update that just came out. And that's yes. supposed to improve like the search results for when you're doing any comments, you're looking at a product, and there's so many like crappy affiliate sites out there. Totally. And personally, like I'm 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 currently like looking for furniture. Like we get we got a new house in August, so I'm looking at furniture. There's still a lot of really awful sites out there, and they said it's sold out. Tons of crap. But I was like looking at this update, and one of the things I liked about it was. So there was um um I forgot the query is about like home home fitness centers or something like that. Mm -hmm. Was that the query? I don't remember. Yeah, it was that. That's what it was. And there was a page from a really big site that lost some of its rankings. And there was this page from like a not like a, I don't even know who the heck they were. But you could and and the and the page from the big site it, it had the whole checklist right. I feel like after the first product review update, SEOs do what SEOs do. Let's make a checklist. Um, it looks like someone wrote in a blog post that we need a buyer's guide. Let's do a buyer's guide. Someone wrote in a blog post that we need a comparative table. Let's do a comparative table. Someone wrote, we need a pros and cons list. Let's do a pros and cons list. Ch -ch -ch -ching. And they just put it in there and did not care at all whether that was actually helpful. So, it had but, like did, but was it, but was it, it might've been, no, it wasn't, okay. it, it wasn't unhelpful. It wasn't like, this is bad. It just wasn't good. The other page did not have a comparative table. It did not have like a real pros and cons list. But what it did show was that they actually used the freaking products and that they had a really good understanding of the of what makes a quality product or what doesn't make a quality product. And they link to other resources where they dive deep into like huge like, you know, deep dive into each product. Like this is awesome. And that page did do well. So like, hey, there's hope. Like this super structured page that didn't really offer any information that just wrote, you know, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, paragraph of fluff, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, paragraph of fluff, table. The other, the other page did much better. I'm like, hey, there, there is, there are these glimmers of hope. But it's, it's interesting too, in terms of like, you, you see like back and forth in the world of SEO that people say like copycat content is a thing that comes up all the time and how bad that is. And yet copycat content ranks like, why is an SEO? Would you not like, why would you risk doing something that's original if you know, it's not going to rank because Google's like, well, 
It's just not this. That well, is first off, both are a risk, right? Because if you're just doing the same thing as somebody else, yes. So now you're now you're banking on like Google saying, "Well, these are all the same. I guess I'll pick you." Right. Right. That's what you're banking on. Right. Are you? You're not really serving any of the users. So like, once they get to the page, like, how how helpful and how well do they receive you? People do like. I, I will tell you, I, the website I was looking at for this for this product review, I mm-hmm. used them before for other health-related information. But now I look at them like, I don't think so much anymore. So that does have an impact. Like, don't forget the other part of the like the non-SEO part of the equation. That's also like really important. But to 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 go back to it, I mean, it's still not. Now I lost my train of thought again. I just think well, I mean, bringing it back to like SEO data and we were talking about search intent, you know, it's like, how do you quantify then? So like SEMrush recently came out with the ability to categorize search intent by like the, the four main, you know, um, buckets of like informational, transactional, right. navigational, and, and why am I blank on the fourth one? Come on. Commercial. Commercial. There you go. Um, that's still a very hard thing. That's, that's like, you're trying to use data to um do something that that's like a qual you know uh qualification or right yeah. so yeah and that's again like you're trying it's just getting you closer like that that's like the the world of seo tools trying to figure out a way to get you closer to actual understanding which is a good trend right right because and even 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 in that like in, in informational there are so many types of informational content right is it just general background information is it like a, is it a review comparison there, there's, there's a lot of just informational. So yeah, it's a, it's a really, I'm not downplaying it. It's really helpful. And it saves you an absolute boatload of time, right? Cause now you can actually understand like, wait a second. And this competitor who I thought was a real competitor of mine, they're not ranking for like any commercial queries. They're just completely focused on informational content. Oh my God. Like I have such an in here. I thought I would never have an in here. So it's right. really helpful. But again, like that's a great point. Like that's a place where you say, "Oh, informational, commercial." Now I know. Not really. Do you really right. know what kind of informational content your users are looking for? Well, it's what it's more complex than those four buckets. Is is what you're yes. saying? There are sub intents for all of the, or you could break those in. And then going back to you know, you're talking about the data and doing this at scale. Bring it back to the copycat. You know, oh, right. the content. Copycat, yeah, the copycat. Yeah, my boy. I remember my point now. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is how it goes, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> With the copycat content, the real thing that you're losing out on, first off, you should look at other people's content and be like, okay, why are they ranking and why am I not ranking? Not from like, oh, they have this element, but I mean, sometimes, yeah, like, oh, they have an FAQ. Oh, okay, Google, it's a, it's a landing page, but Google wants me to have some informational elements there. Okay, I can do an FAQ, but now that I know, that Google's also looking for some really strong informational elements on the page. Mm-hmm. What can I do to make that a million times better? I can right. put a video there. I can have a paragraph there. I can do this there. I can do that. So why wouldn't you do that? Why would you only copycat? Well, just because, you- like, so if you want to scale, right? Because, like, what if you want to templatize? That's where the Yeah, but you can still do the like. same thing, right? You can say, okay, they have an FAQ. Google mm-hmm. wants informational uh um, content here. I can add an FAQ here. I can also throw in a video here. And I can also throw in a paragraph right there. And I can template all of that. Like, yeah. and I'm not saying you you can't do it at scale, but did did it really take you that much longer to think how I can make this better? I just thought about it in three seconds about a fictitious page I never saw before. Accurate, accurate, and and that's just by looking at 
the queries and looking at the data and looking at how these intents are being surfaced by yeah, like, what users change, when they too. come to your page, what are they going to want to see? What's helpful to them? And that's where Google, that's what, that's what Google wants to do. And that's what you, Hey, you have to do it anyway. It's for your users. And it's not that much more complicated. And yeah, I know like, Oh, Google's ranking. These three pages are all the same thing. That's not to say that Google's like, we don't want anything better. We would love to have something better. We just don't have anything else. And by the way, there is an absolute shortage of content. This goes yes. back to your earlier point about fluff. Like, why is all this fluff ranking? Part of it might be algorithmic, but part of it might also be we have completely screwed the web up. <laughs> Are you talking like AI content that out? That's I out mean, there, like or? SEOs and content writers sure. who are like, hey, this is how the algorithm works. I'll just create this content to match the algorithm. And now it's like a vicious cycle because Google's like, yeah, we can do better stuff. We don't have any better content. Great. Yes. You see this, by the way. That's why Google's changing titles on the SERP because they want people who are content experts, like an SMB or an SME, to go on their, to go on their Squarespace, Wix, Shopify site, write content, produce content, not have to worry about the technical side of SEO, produce the expert-generated content because they are the expert. Contrary to popular belief, some content agency in the middle of Wichita, Kansas, is not the topical expert on widgets. You are. You make widgets. Right. So well, to, to, to that point, that though, I mean, it's like beyond kind. That's the other thing is like you could be, you know, in the middle of Wichita, like creating great content, but you don't have you you might be the authority, but you don't have like the links or you don't have like the re brand reputation to earn it, even if you have the best content out there. Agreed. But that's I think where Google's trying to go. It's like trying to it's trying to democratize the SERP. Interesting. You do, do you think that's real? Do you think that's going to happen? Because they've relied on links for so long. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, yeah, it's definitely realistic. I don't know. I don't know when it's going to happen, but you see Google pushing to do it again. That rewriting title. Tag. I don't know anything about a title tag. In fact, I didn't know it was even in my CMS. It just says homepage. <laughs> but it's a well, I remember. Like you made a great point with Eli Schwartz way back when of when they were going to rewrite the title tags, that that was mostly about all the people on the web, like the small business owners who don't know anything about websites yeah. who like had home as their, you know, home yeah, title they, tag they, anyway. Just, yeah. And Google wants to make sure that, hey, you get good content, let's rank it, but let's get you the click because if you write the content and you see nothing from it, mm -hmm. we need to incentivize you to keep writing that content. Right. Right. So what data then are you to come bring it back full circle? Like what data are you using? What data are you using to inform those decisions? So you're using all of the, you know, the typical data that you have. You're using rank to see what's working with Google. You're obviously looking at it over time. You're obviously looking to make sure like it's the right rank. Right. And, and we, and we spoke about this before the show. Oh, I rank number six. You rank number one. Crap. Yeah, but we're two different intents. The you're right. a commercial intent. I'm an informational intent. I might be the first informational uh, result on the page. So I rank number one for the user looking to get information. Right. So don't just, again, that's another point about data. Don't just, like, oh, six. Man, how do I get better? Maybe you can't get better because Google's just throwing the first six, the first six slots for a different intent altogether. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I experienced that just yesterday. I, I was Googling SEO. And it's like, obviously, there's a whole other aspect with personalized intent. But just, it was interesting to see how many people had a local pack showed up for an ambiguous oh, story like yeah. SEO. And then how many people just didn't at all. Yeah. And so, yeah, and so there's a local intent. It's further down the page. But 
if I'm if I'm Googling SEO mm -hmm. and I'm looking for an SEO agency or a consultant or whatever, so the first five blog posts from SEMrush. <laughs> sorry, <I said laughs> you. and you know, and, and and I pull rank or back and rank and ba and Barry Schwartz and his various excursions into whatever topic it is, either in search engine land or SE roundtable are meaningless. Sorry, Barry. I just want that local pack. Right, right, exactly in your perspective. And then obviously the intent can always change. We saw that with the pandemic. I remember Lily Ray did a great presentation back in the day for Attractive Think Tank about how um, like football, all the results went from like actual football results to video game results because there are no football games being played. Right. Oh, I'll give you the best. There's a great example of like why data is not the best thing to use if you don't understand the context around it. Okay, You're, the web is retracting based on the data that I'm seeing. What do you hey, mean by that? It, what I mean is, okay, pandemic hit, everyone go, everyone's stuck inside, everyone goes online. Pandemic starts to wane or doesn't, or now it's not waning, but people are still outside. Get the point. You get my point, right? Yes. Not online the same way anymore, right? Online more than I used to be, because, you know, maybe like my father is a great example of this. I didn't do anything online previously, but now kind of had to. Okay, we'll still go online. So that web presence or that digital activity is still there. It didn't go back to pre-pandemic levels. It's still there. But it's not like it was when he was locked in his house. So the yep. web is digital activity, not the web, but digital activity is retracting. Great. So now your year-over-year data is showing negatives. Okay? Yeah. Yep. Oh, my God, we suck. No, you don't. You're just comparing it to the wrong baseline compared to 2019, not 2021 or 2020. That's, that's why you need to be so smart with your strategy. It's actually interesting you bring that up. Not to do my own plug, but uh, on Wednesday, uh, Mike of Rank is doing a webinar with Advanced Web Ranking all around um, search demand and comparing year two of the pandemic to see how, you know, to what extent yes. like actual search trends have changed and and are they back? Like, uh, is is yes. e-commerce still skyrocketing or has it plateaued? Is, is I'll give you, yeah, it's, it, and you have to really be, you have to know your niche, right? So, for example, from when the niches that I, that we were looking at, they're all contracting except for travel, which is now expanding year over year, yeah. right? So look at us, great job. We didn't do anything. <laughs> Just the world opened up. I mean, I'm happy for you. I'm right. happy for you. Right, and 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 that's and that's where it's like. SEO, you know, you can't always depend to your point to as we as we kind of close this out, but you can't always depend on the data. You still need to use your own brain, yeah. your own billions of, of yes. neurotransmitters to uh, your gut. Yeah, Don't your gut. Ignore your gut. Don't ignore your gut. Morty, dude, I, I mean I, I could I could talk to you forever. We didn't even we didn't even talk about General Tso's chicken. I know, so speaking of gut, we didn't bring up General South chicken, dude. You say General Tso's? It is General Tso's, isn't it? I always say General Tso's, but I know it's... it's I, we, however it's you pronounce it, it is delicious. <laughs> water, water. Um, <laughs> so, uh, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, obviously, you guys should all check out Morty's podcasts um, all over the place. But if someone wants to find you and pick your brain or talk SERPs or whatever, where, where do you hang out online? I know um, you tell the good people. Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Morty Oberstein. It's my name with the at sign combined. And on TikTok. Find me on TikTok. Awesome. I'm just kidding. I'm not on TikTok. I do. I was, I was, you got me really excited for a minute. I, 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 I will admit I am not familiar with SEO TikTok, but I'm sure there is an SEO Sam TikTok. Sam is doing videos there. on TikTok now. And, you know, I and actually saw them. 
their social media managers like, hey, Morty, can you retweet this? I'm like, oh, another toxic video I have to retweet. Dude, no, it's re- they're, they're really funny though. They're, they're really hilarious. funny. They're, they're really legit fun. funny. I just like giving them a hard time. I was watching. It was it was basically this campaign, and then I'll really let everybody go. But it was this campaign all around like ridiculous search queries, and right. then how people actually went and how like, do you get to that point where you search for that? Yeah, exactly. Like what what, what was the one? Something about like egg salad or something, or deviled eggs or whatever. I remember that. One. I remember the one like um like cereal in a bottle. <laughs> like, can, can you put do you like should you when do you put cereal in your baby's bottle something like that <laughs> we we actually have one question and then we will truly end from Naveed um wanted to wanted to ask you uh does google give preference to original stuff even if it's not that great content versus rate very great copy content like keeping domain authority out of the equation oh if i'm understanding it correctly like i'm not talking about syndication here because in syndication they, they don't always give it to the original which is a big deal for news publishers, and it's a little bit of like a, a sticking point. Right. I, I'm not sure you make like original, like you're the first person ever to write about that content. I guess if you're the first person to write about it, there is nothing else to go with it. But then when someone writes something better, that's better. The Google will all, on all things being equal, rank it. Better. Well, it's, it's kind of like that Wichita, quite you know, scenario where it's like if someone just doesn't have the brand authority, or um, to to Naveed's point, like the uh, domain authority. Um, can they still outrank someone else with just actually great content? That yes, yes, that is the search. That about? is possible, absolutely possible. Does it always happen? No. Is it complicated? Yes. Does it happen more often than you think? I think so. I've seen it, but depends on the niche, depends on the keyword, it depends on all that. Like it depends. Sorry. It depends. Yeah. It it depends, and 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 hopefully that changes. Hopefully, in in the end game, that we do like to your point, there's more of a, a meritocracy when it comes to search results, where the actual best content. Look, that's wins. where we're heading, Mom. A thousand times more powerful than Bert, whatever that means, but thousand times more powerful. So a thousand times better at getting content right. I mean, different. Maybe better. It's 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 funny. I was having an argument with one of the SEO engineers at Ipol Rank recently about I was making this case for video content and how more people should should be doing it. And he's like, "Yeah, but it's still hard. Like pe- people don't actually have the time or resources to make all the video. Yeah, that's content the problem. That Content's to. hard. Content's super hard." content's hard. Awesome. Thank you all for joining us today. This has been amazing. My name is Garrett Sussman of iPoll Rank, joined by Morty Overseen of SEMrush. We will catch you all next week uh, talking about remote working in the modern workplace, but like how, how to like, you know, have a great remote uh, team with uh, dealing with SEO. And, and this will be uh, Ruth Burridi and she is brilliant VP of strategy at Upbuild. It's going to be awesome. Thanks again, Morty, for joining us. This has been awesome. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye.